Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Welcome to Growing Up with Gaudem the show where we explore the stories, struggles and triumphs of growing up as people of colour I'm Natty Kasambala and I'm Nyala Arboyne Each week our guests respond to old diary entries letters, notes or texts from their younger selves helping us understand how their coming of age made them who they are today Our guest today was born in the Bronx. They wanted to be a neurosurgeon before committing to music. Okay, okay. They are featured on Marvel Studios' upcoming Black Panther Wakanda Forever soundtrack. Okay, and finally, our guest is related to Koji Radical. What? I did not know that. No. I actually did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. It's Amaray, and we have been waiting for the longest to have you on the show. So welcome. Content warning. This episode of Growing Up With Gaudem contains mentions of death and grief. So if you don't feel comfortable listening to this episode, please feel free to skip this one and listen to one of our others. 
welcome to Growing Up with Gaudem Amare. It's so good to have you on today. Finally, we've been trying this yes. one. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. How are you guys doing? Not bad. Not bad. Good, you know. All yeah. right. We wanted to see if you could start by just defining who you are and what you do in your own words, rather than giving it the whole brief. How would you describe what you do? How would I describe what I do? I would describe what I do as finding healing and understanding in the world through song. Mm. Yeah. How would I describe who I am? You know, I'm just a girl (laughs) who likes to make music and who likes to express herself. Love that. And one of the amazing ways that you have managed to express yourself and, you know, find healing in the world happens to also be featured on the Black Panther soundtrack for the new film that's coming out, which is huge. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. We just wanted to talk a little bit about that. And if you, how did that kind of connection come about? Like, talk us through. So I was in LA actually working on my album. There's a a, a friend of mine who also, he owns a magazine. He owns a record label, does various things. And he just texted me. He was like, hey, we're in Lagos doing a camp for Black Panther. Where are you right now? And I was like, oh, I'm in LA. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, we have a song for you that we want you to sing. So can you just like come here? And I was like, can y'all just send it? Because I mean, I'm in the studio working. (laughs) And he's like, no, you know, it's Disney. So we have all these things. You have to come. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, well, you know, like what what kind of sound are you guys looking for? And they basically kind of like gave me a brief synopsis. And I was like, oh, I'm here with all my producers. It would be dope for us to come down and try to make you guys an original track. And they were like, uh, you know, we really had a song planned for you, but okay, cool. So I literally, Marvel flew me down and I flew my producers out. And and we had, I think, 15 hours to make a song. Hmm. So we literally touched down in Lagos, went straight to the session. We're in the session for like 10 hours. And we came out of the session and the song that they had had in mind for me to sing, they totally scrapped it because we had made them a new song. So I think like a week later, they were like, hey, Marvel really loves the song. They want to use it as a prologue to promote the album. And I was like, oh, that's so fire, like dope. And they were like, yeah, it's going to be you, Tim's, and a Mexican artist named Santa Fe Clan. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, that's that's dope. So it was really like super organic, fun. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm just glad that they kind of like let me do my thing too Mm. and, you know, bring my own expression as well. So shout out to Shenny. He put that together too. I love that you stood your ground. Also, Marvel flew me out. It's just the biggest flex. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know these guys called Marvel. How did you find, I guess, that whole experience and such a quick turnaround to, you know, write a whole song, make a whole song? Girl, I mean, it's Black Panther, you know? Mm. It means so much to Black culture. At that point, it wasn't can I, it was, I'm going to (laughs) do or die. You know, I have to make sure that I do this and I have to make sure that it's something that I can be proud of. It's something that relates to the story. Oh, right. I can't, oh, I almost, I almost gave spoilers. (laughs) That was, that was on the list, on the list of questions. What can you tell us? What can you tell tell us? Everything you know. What do you know? (laughs) That contract is so ironclad. I can't say a thing. Can't mess with Disney. I I almost just like slipped up, but yeah, nah. Um, 
yeah, it's honestly, it's going to be a great story that I think like a lot of people are going to be proud of. And I'm really proud that I was one of the people that they thought like, oh, if this is the story we're going to tell, we have to call. She's mm. one of the people we have to call. I thought that was fire. I feel like that's definitely a thing that they've done because I know that like Native were kind of involved in the process of it and it just seems like all the and Sampa the greats track is on the new trailer that just dropped and it feels like they're actually doing like real justice to the culture with it all yeah I guess I think if you look at all the three tracks that have come out there's definitely like a pattern I am interested in that kind of what Nia was talking about as well that connection between all that pressure that can come with like high level opportunities and how that almost like, does that ever impact creativity? What are some of the ways that you are able to, I guess, like still feed your creativity in like more high pressure situations or these sorts of places that feel, yeah, I don't know, just as you get bigger and bigger and the scope of your, of how you make music expands, how do you feed the creativity still? I I think it's interesting to me, I don't really think about the pressure because I don't want that to cripple, you know, my bandwidth or my capability. So in a high pressure situation, I just believe that there's absolutely no way that I can fail. Like I don't give myself that option truly. So I think what that also does for me is it's a great learning process each and every time because what it's allowed me to do is now in any situation, I can read the situation for what it is and I'll know exactly who I need to bring along to help me get a vision across or get a story across. And I think even that, like there's a lot of power in that. What it's taught me the most is like the importance of collaboration for real and like how people can really bring the best out of you in situations and at, you know, at high level opportunities like that. It's you come out the best when you get to share those opportunities with people who you trust and you know who inspire you we have to ask have you seen it yet have you managed to have a sneak peek of black panther wakanda forever i i'll just say that i i know everything that i needed to know to do what i had to do that's that's what i'll say (laughs) okay that's a a very good we'll take it so i guess moving on to your kind of evolution and I think what you said about collaboration is so interesting and definitely feels like it's at the heart of your last project, The Angel We Don't Know. And yeah, I guess we wanted to just wheel it all the way back and find out a little bit more about Amaray and how you've kind of evolved over the years from making mixtapes at high school through to today. How would you say your sound has evolved as an artist? I think more so than ever, the first thing that comes to mind is just like, I'm much more sure of myself and confident in like my message and the way that I want to express my message. But I think as far as evolution, I've just learned how to channel all the things that have inspired me and all the people that have inspired me and focus that kind of like energy to express exactly what I say and what I want to do. And that's something that I had like difficulty with as I was developing was always trying to focus my intention, you know, and now it comes very naturally to me. And now even when I'm met with challenges, I think instead of getting frustrated on how to achieve a goal, I can really like sit back and deduce situations and execute. And I think that's really what's become the coolest thing is knowing and learning how to like execute things directly. It makes it fun now because I can think about something in my head and I can really bring it out, you know, 
exactly how I see it or exactly how I hear it. And that's become the coolest thing. And where did that kind of confidence stem from or come from? Is that kind of with age or with success? Oh, with practice, I think, more so more so than anything. I was going to say the exact same thing that, yeah, that's one of the hardest things about being kind of creative. I'm using heavy quotation marks in terms of the jump between an amazing idea and like actually being able to produce it and create it exa- and be faithful to, you know, I guess where it started. Facts. That's where all the obstacles really are, I feel. Especially, I'm sure, when it comes to music and you're kind of dealing with like access and opportunities and different voices and things kind of getting mixed up in it. I also wanted to ask, because we've been having this conversation amongst ourselves, you've lived in a bunch of different places. Where Can you tell us a little bit about the journey that you've been on, even geographically, in terms of moving around the world and how that's kind of influenced the sound that you have today? So I was born in New York, in the Bronx, but I didn't live there for long. Like, literally... My mom gave birth to me three months later. I was back in Ghana and I lived in Ghana until I was like eight years old. And then my mom moved to Atlanta for business school and we moved with her. So we lived in Atlanta for three years. And then my mom got a job in New York City. So we moved to New Jersey and we lived there for about another two or three years. And then I guess my mom was just kind of fed up with like, you know, living in America and like that whole nine to five kind of vibe. So she moved us, like literally up to move us, moved us back to Ghana. And I went to high school there. And then I went to college back in Atlanta, lived there till 2017. And then I moved back to Ghana to pursue my music career in 2017. And I've been living there ever since. A true citizen of the world. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What was that kind of like for you? moving around so much as a child and I guess just friendships or stability how did that feel I don't know if like I think in the moment as a child it was always difficult to like move and have to make new friends but I think as an adult what came of it is like my ability to adapt in situations and in spaces comes so easy and so natural naturally to me because I've seen it done so many times. I kind of like now just have a better understanding of how to make adjustments quickly. Would you say you have any one place that feels the most like home? Yeah, it's Ghana. It, I would have to say it really is because all my family lives there now. I have I have a home there as well. When I'm not working anywhere else in the world, like I go straight back home and just chill. So definitely Ghana. I'm also interested at what point you kind of knew that music was the career that you wanted to pursue and how that might have, you know, like materialized in your relationship with your family as well. I knew that I wanted to make music when I was 17. And what had happened was like, this kid had just moved to my school from England. His name is James Sharpley. And like, I was telling him like, you know, I rap, whatever. And he was like, oh, like I rap too. And I've been going to the studio to like make my songs. And at the time I just used to make my songs in my bedroom. So they were like shitty quality. So he started playing me his stuff. I was like, yo, this quality is crazy. Like, where have you been? You know, where have you been recording? So he took me to the studio that he was recording at. And at the time getting studio time was mad expensive. So Instead of like having to pay, I just signed up to be like an intern and um, to shadow the sound engineer so that I could pay like half price or just pay like at a really reduced rate. So as I was doing that, 
I was dropping mixtapes in like in my high school and distributing them to different high schools, maybe 2011, 2012. And that's kind of when I saw like, okay, this is a career path that I want to do no matter what, like, this is what I'm interested in. And at the time when I started making music, I think my mom kind of thought like it was a joke. Like it was just something for me to just keep out of trouble during the summer. At least it's like, all right, cool. She's not going here and, you know, smoking weed with her friends, whatever. She's has something to do, go to the studio. For like the first two years of me just being a high schooler doing music, she just thought like, oh, okay, whatever. And then when I went to college, I said to her, I was like, hey, you know, I really want to pursue music. And that's that. Like, I'm thinking about not going to college. And she was like, all right, just go to college, study whatever you want. Do like take music business classes. And if you, when whenever you graduate, if you still feel like you want to do music, I will get behind you a thousand percent. And I was like, all right, cool bet. So literally was taking voice lessons. I was DJing. I was taking a music business class, graduated. And then I came to my, I have, I came to my mom and gave her the degree since that day in 2017. I haven't seen my degree again. Like I haven't, I don't know where my degree is literally <laughs> handed it to her and was like, all right, you know, done what you said. Like, you know, it's time to move on. So I I think like the way that I convinced my mom to manage me was like, I wrote her a business plan and I was like, all right, this is what it's going to take for me to break as an artist. This is how long it's going to take. This is how many years I think it's going to take me to recoup. These are all the things that I need. I think we need to do, you know, this is like the year by year progress, whatever. And she was like really impressed. I think she was kind of shocked at the fact that I took it seriously to the point of like mapping it out. So she started to manage me and we've been on this journey for the last five years. But like my mom is one of those people where she's just very like she likes to take risks. And I think she's very open minded about the world and about what success can mean in different ways. My dad, on the other hand, I don't know if you guys are African, but like I don't know if you guys have typical African fathers. But my dad probably didn't really start fucking with me until like a year ago or two years ago when he started to see me have billboards in New York, when he started to see me on soundtracks of movies, when he started to just hear my music, like when I cracked the billboard, like he was like, oh, you're like, this is real. Like you're actually a musician and a successful musician. And like, you actually make real money from this. Like my dad has seen me buy a house. He's seen me buy like nice things for myself. And he's like, oh, like you're also a boss. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you know how, I don't know, you know how African dads are. Like he really didn't take it seriously until he saw it really materialize. But for the longest, he just wasn't really excited about it because he thought like, how can my daughter make music? You know, how can my daughter be a musician? It's like, bro, it's funny because he wanted to be a musician when he was younger. So it, it was just very interesting how that like played out. Yeah. I always say that like, I think African artists are some of the most educated <laughs> artists in the Fact. world because everyone had to get a degree for their parents first Fact. before they were allowed to see music. Fact. Um, oh, wow. That's such an interesting story. And almost like that music business head allowed you to kind of launch your career and like knowing the strategy. And I think that's so, that can be really rare for artists to kind of, understand that side of it alongside the artistry. I wanted to know, did you stick to your original business plan that you sent your mom or did you surpass it? My mom showed me my business plan like I think six months ago and 
we hit all our targets. We recouped exactly what I told when I told her we were going to recoup. And like literally, <clears throat> like I was shocked. She was like, you actually mapped this out word for word and like showed me exactly like the numbers were close. All the targets, all the magazines that we were going to do according to like the year, all of that was like pretty spot on. I was actually quite shocked at like the projections. I was like, oh, wow. But yeah, she showed it to me and she was like, wow, I didn't waste my time raising this one. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that is wild. Yeah, yeah. I I was really shocked. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't think I was making those projections in vain, but I think like I, I really didn't take time to really think about how much thought I put into planning my future in that way, you know? Because as a mu- people think, like, as a musician, like, you're just not a serious person. Like, you're just living this rock star life, and it's like, bro, actually, nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It takes, I think, like, real strategy and real planning and, like, really being able to see what you want your future to be to succeed as an artist. We're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after this for the extract. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Okay, so before we get into your extracts, could you give us a bit more context around it? So the extracts that I selected are actually from a book of poems that I wrote for my college senior thesis. And it was from a book of poems about my childhood. So the first one that I'm going to read is just is about a lot of things that happened whenever I lived in our first home that we owned in Ghana. And it's like inspired by the cartoons I watched, the people around me, and just things that I used to see on a daily basis. And the second poem is about my aunt who um, passed away, who I was very, very close to, who passed away, I think, my freshman year in college. And she had cancer and she died within the six months that she got diagnosed. And I think the interesting thing about her life was that, you know, she just spent a lot of her life not doing the things that she wanted to do. And like that really would make her happy. And even like when she was diagnosed, like she didn't tell anybody that we didn't find out until she actually died. You know, and I think that was just it was a very profound lesson on living life and, you know, making choices for yourself and not for other people. So, yeah. And it's written in two languages. It's written in, it was first written in my native tongue, which is Chi, and translated into English. I'm also just going to preface this by saying, like, I wasn't just the greatest poet. <laughs> so, you know, if this kind of sounds dumb. This is a safe space. <laughs> there is no judgment here. All right. This is the first poem. On pterodactyls in the future, nuded puppies on silver scooters, me, you, and Elder Barge. On pearl jet pirouette, topaz silhouettes, warm water like sonar waves, marble tubs spewing ripple effects. A silk bubble fastened between two toes oscillates like an atom up close, false fiction to and fro then sensibly erodes. As a child, I believed Rudyard Kipling to be a luggage peddler first, novelist thereafter. On print leaf, disassociating disbelief, the two demented version of I and she brought to breath by I and G, excitement of action made mundane by the prospect of oath, obligation versus responsibility, nonsense to both. On my perception of practical, Peter Beamer, X5, shakes Harlem and shucks jive, screws loose, so only a small portion of her mainframe existing in vain. Translation, moon roof through whom moon moons, Rooney Mars boom booms, and my black face tastes like silver spoon cake ate in superhuman cape. On mom and dad, all comments reserved. On getting my point across, she didn't text me back. On seeing her naked, soon enough. On the weather, sweater. On the beach, Sundays. On you, unavailable. On the remix, to ignition. On us, to be announced. On them, that was then. On the world, shame. On waiting, in vain. On Marley, Rita. On Dolce, Vita. On hummus, Pita. On Katniss, Pita. On matters, what? On mattress, flowers. On courage, cower. On Cartoon Network, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. On cartoons, adults. On adults, liars. On lies, convenience. On convenience, convenient. On convenient, self-serving. On altruism, bullshit. On bullshit, bullshit. On bullshit, cow dung. On manure, applesauce. On cross, Chris. On cross, Christ. On God. On everybody, hates Chris. On loves Raymond, everybody. On Arnold, Helga. On Alka Seltzer, on who is to blame, on and on, my cipher, on my cipher, it keeps moving like a rolling stone, on forever I could go, 
on, on, I could go on forever, on forever, I could go on, so on, on, so and so forth, on, so forth, on, go forth, on 4th July, on independence, throw your hands up at me, on children, cherish time before braces and acne. You said that's not good. That is like, I oh my God. That. Yeah. I always thought I was a poet and I just don't think I was even, I was like making a little bit of sense, but honestly. I love it when you're like on parents. All comments yeah. reserved. <laughs> <laughs> the start of that feels really like vivid and descriptive. And I just wanted to start by asking, how did it kind of feel to, I guess, revisit that specific time in your life and all of those kind of like quite visceral memories of teenagehood and growing up? I think this one out of all the poems that I wrote was my favorite because I really got to like transport back to a time where like I could really remember life being good and I could really remember like all the cartoons that I was talking about and like all the little details of like, you know, times when my mom would like hang out with us and like give us bubble baths or like my mom used to draw and she would draw pictures of us or she would draw like pictures of a house that she wanted to buy and be like, oh, this is going to be our dream house in like 10 years, you know? Just those types of memories. And I think it really allowed me to just kind of be free and write the poem without thinking like, this has to be a very serious, a very good academic poem. I was just like, whatever. Like, these are the things that I liked. You know, I made a reference to Destiny's Child, like, you know, on Independence, throw your hands up at me. Like, things like that is like just fun. And you get to remember being young and things not being so uptight and so serious. Yeah, I guess you kind of sort of touched on it already but yeah I'd like to know a bit more about where you were kind of mentally and emotionally when you wrote that I I was at a good place ish I think I was like first of all I was like really like moving past like you know you know when you fall in love for the first time for real and like you it ends and then you have to like pick yourself back up after that. I was going through that. But then also I was just at a point where I'm trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. That one poem really was like a source of joy for me to just remember like, I don't have to take things too seriously all the time, you know? It also feels like we were talking about the word, the wordplay of it and the kind of structure being really interesting as well. And it definitely feels like a poem by someone who can who is a poet. Oh, uh, other than, oh wow! Contrary to what you I'm said before, I'm so honored because I really—I um, <laughs> don't know. I felt like it was too playful to be taken seriously as a poem, so that's that's dope. No, it's it's sick. It's really really interesting. A favorite bit that we were talking about was the altruism bullshit, bullshit on bullshit, bullshit. But I wanted to ask a bit more about, I guess, your relationship with poetry at that time. Were you regularly writing poetry? Do you still write it today? Did it? ever kind of like inform your songwriting practice? I was writing poetry at that time every day because my major in school was like English literature with a concentration in poetry. And the reason why I did that was because I wanted to apply that to my songwriting. So it was just kind of like basically taking a literature class for songwriting, you know, but not really. Do I still practice poetry now? Unfortunately, no, but I should. I, I write short stories occasionally. Like I have this one short story that I've been working on for a while that I'm still like finishing. But poems I haven't done in a really long time. Maybe it's time to open <laughs> that book again. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. I think I have a lot to write about. Yeah, so maybe. And you said there was a second poem. Did you want to read that one out? We are all nobodies. 
And so if you are fearful of life's tendency at times to come to a sudden end, do not be afraid. Do not give yourself away. Do not give yourself. Do not hide yourself. Because as for men, men will come. Whether it is in the day or in the evening or at dawn, let a year pass and come to meet us again. And if we do not live to see the month's end, let my child lead because her mother paved the way. Let my family members pass with my coffin and lay me to sleep under the tree so that finally I can rest a little easier. And if that lover of mine asks of me, let my son-in-law tell that lover of mine to take heed. Do not cry, love, because when your head starts to pain you, by what means will I console your hurt? I will not be afforded the opportunity. So please, I beg you, stop crying, love, because we are all nobodies. Wow, thank you. That was beautiful. Very different to your first Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned before this was written after your aunt's passing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess how did kind of, how did writing this poem kind of help with your grief or did it at all? Or It was extremely cathartic. Yeah, I think it was just a good way to like come to terms with the fact that it was just really sad, like to see the way that she passed and truly the way that she did not allow herself to live life, you know, on her own terms. And just the tragic and painful way that she died. So this was a very, very, very cathartic experience. Like I really got to just have that moment, you know, with I don't I don't have the words. I don't know the words, but like with coming to coming to terms with um, her passing and, you know, just being sad for her, really not even for myself, for her and hoping that, you know, in the next life she could do do things differently. Uh, yeah, I think it's really, really beautiful. And it's like we talk a lot about or I, I think a lot about the significance of death in like a lot of African spirituality as well. And mm-hmm. that's like such a huge part of it. And I was curious to hear, I guess, like, what that kind of journey was like for you during this time in terms of shaping or changing your understanding of death and the afterlife or has it changed since then, would you say? I think what it really did was just made me more so conscious about what I can do while I'm on earth, you know, because I don't know what's what's going to meet me on the other side. I'm not really sure, but like for the things that I can see, feel and touch to really think about what I want to do and making the most of that, you know. But also, I think you just have to live, or what I've learned is that you have to also live with, like, compassion in mind and, like, understanding for people and their individual experiences and managing your needs and wants and expectations in alignment with others, you know or not in alignment with others. I think that was like the biggest takeaway for me. It's like finding the best way to live life. Yeah, I think that's kind of beautiful to find, you know, from something so hurtful and painful, you know, find a a beauty in that and a understanding of your own life and living your life to the fullest. And yeah, I guess this takes us to our next part of the show, which is all about joy and childhood joy so it'd be great to kind of maybe reflect a moment in your childhood where you really experienced joy or pure joy and happiness and kind of reflecting on yeah that a moment in my childhood when I felt pure joy and happiness I I can't I can't identify a specific moment 
but actually no, I lied. My 10th birthday party, I was on vacation in Ghana. We were staying with my dad and his girlfriend at the time. And my dad threw me like the coolest birthday party ever. Like he literally went out, went all out. Like, I, I don't know if it was my birthday or his birthday, but like he got the nicest hotel, rented out their poolside, like got a bunch of really great catering, invited like all my friends, all his kids' friends. And we just like, you know, took over the hotel and it was so much fun. And I remember like the funnest part was you know, we did like a dancing competition for all the kids. So it was like literally like a battle. And I think the winner won like $500 or something like that. Unfortunately, I didn't win. Bro, when I tell you like it was crazy. Oh, real money. <laughs> real, money. <laughs> real money. Real money. Like as in they were spraying dollars, bro. Like it was not a joke. But that's just really one of the purest memories. Because I recently as an adult come to understand like the importance of dance for Black people, all jokes aside. And like an ongoing conversation myself and my friend have been having is like, it almost seems like the aspect of dance in like our culture and in music is starting to become lost. Like if you go back into like the early 2000s when we were all kids, like all the artists that we liked used to dance. You know, You Got Served was a dancing movie. Step Up was a dancing movie. Like save the last dance you know it was a thing people would make music because it's like oh can they dance to this in the club whereas now the culture has totally shifted to it's not really about that anymore you know people are making music that's doesn't seem to like that doesn't seem grounded in community or it seems like afrobeat is kind of taken over because our music now is more so grounded in dancing and having a good time and in community but globally like music is just not that anymore so yeah to me that's like one of the purest times i can think of in my life was like community brought together by dance you know and like enjoyment and feeling free and like letting your body move and being a child and having that kind of freedom of expression and also I don't remember who won the $500 but shout out to <laughs> I'm respect to your dad as well for not rigging the game and giving you the money <laughs> right no no he was when, too fair bro but in, nah 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 they, people did not play about dancing competition back then like nah I think I think that's such an interesting point that you've made as well. And not to sound overly flattering, but I will say that like I think it's the, even the difference between how Afrobeats and even Ama Piano, for example, are kind of consumed or experienced on the continent versus where they come here, there's like almost like it's almost like we in the West are kind of trying to relearn that kind of dancing culture. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and I will yeah. say that one of the places that I distinctly remember kind of feeling that vibe is when I came to see you live and it was like one of the first gigs I think back from out of lockdown and it was one of those times where I was just like oh my god like people don't da- like actually get down and dance like this at gigs anymore yeah yeah oh, that's we were, like made so friends good. in the crowd it was it was such a good vibe so yeah but I think that's a really interesting point that we need to kind of reconnect and find not just flashlights phones and film the whole thing but actually be in nah. the moment Bro, we need to start back dancing again. I promise you, we will have a better society if we, like, start to bring that back into, like, our daily living and expression. Like, for me, that's what I care about. And I know fake 
dance and not no fake dance music, like real soulful shit that people can like mm. feel good about. Yeah. And we need to bring back those dance movies. Yeah, I'm down for that too. Missing in society. <laughs> 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 In like a puddle and everyone's splashing just about. In it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Save the last <clears throat> dance to this day. I mean, I know it's controversial and it comes up on Twitter once a month. Uh, the kind of like that dance solo that she does, Julia Styles. <laughs> ballet, ballet. I don't hip-hop. know how you let that girl get away with that. That was. Not oh, good. oh my god. Was- What's the other one with um, Hayden Panettiere where she's crumping? They teach her how to crump and she's crumping on that guy. That was that was the one with Solange. That was bring it on. Like bring it on. Which one was four. the one with Channing Tatum? I can't even keep up. That's step, step up. up. Step That's up. step up. And that was <clears throat> iconic because he actually, he raised the bar, I think. I used to go like to the cinema and like, like make such an event of going to see those films. Yeah, it's so interesting that that's not really a part of our culture anymore. Thinking about your extract and the two poems you read for us and your life back then, what advice would you give for your younger self if you could? I'm not going to hold you. I don't think I would give my younger self any advice. Not because there's no advice to give, but I just think like every path or every decision that was made has ultimately brought me to where I'm at right now. As of right now, I can't say, I can't complain. So I would just say, keep doing what you're doing. And maybe if anything, just try to have like more faith in yourself because you're, you're, you're doing a good job. Amazing. And we've obviously talked a lot about how your younger self was almost able to slightly predict the future of Amaray. But I'm interested to know, like, if your younger self could see where you are right now, how do you think she would feel? Would she be surprised? Would she be feel vindicated? I think for sure vindicated yes and I think also when I just think about when I was younger all the kind of girls that I used to like and think were cool I think I became that like if my younger self knew me she would think like oh that's a cool girl that I would like to be like you know so I'm I'm proud of that that I feel like I've done that for my younger self so yeah that's the goal that's all it's about love that yes yeah thank you so much for joining us Amara. thank you thank you thank you guys for having me This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can sign up to become a member at gal-dem.com for access to exclusive discounts with our favourite brands and partners, early access to tickets for Galdem events, an advanced copy of our annual print issue, and so much more. Make sure you're following us on all major social media at galdemzine or visit our website at gal-dem.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.